They say markets work a certain way. They say if you want high returns, you have to accept higher risks. Cox Automotive says, you take the upside, we'll take the risk. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the all-new way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Visit TakeTheUpside.com to learn more. Welcome to Daily Drive. For Tuesday, November 15th, 2022, I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show... How technology is slashing the number of rear-end collisions. The FTC refunds millions of dollars to consumers in a case against Napleton Automotive. And those electric truck stops of the future, they'll need as much energy as a small town. Plus, a preview of this week's LA Auto Show. We've got more automakers back. We've got more activations, more street drives, indoor rides than really in the history of our show. And this year is going to really set the uh, precedent for, for auto shows to come for us. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Automatic emergency braking and forward collision warning technology are taking a bite out of front to rear crashes. That's according to a new study from a partnership between the U.S. Department of Transportation and several automakers. The study found that collisions were reduced by about half when the striking vehicle was equipped with those technologies. The Partnership for Analytics Research and Traffic Safety calls it the largest government automaker study to date exploring the real-world effectiveness of advanced driver assistance systems in passenger vehicles. A separate study released today shows that automatic emergency braking systems can reduce rear-end crashes in pickups, but few are equipped with the safety feature as standard technology, according to the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Those findings show that rear-end crash rate was 43% lower for pickups equipped with the technology than for those without it. The Federal Trade Commission is sending payments totaling almost $10 million to thousands of consumers affected by a discrimination lawsuit against Napleton Automotive Group. Napleton Automotive of Oak Brook Terrace, Illinois, was the subject of a suit the FTC and the state of Illinois filed alleging that employees were adding illegal junk fees for unwanted add-ons to vehicle purchases and charging more in financing for black consumers. The FTC is distributing more than 66,000 checks, averaging $147 each to car buyers it says were affected by unlawful practices at group stores. If a typical highway gas station were serving electric vehicles, it would require as much power as a professional sports stadium. That's according to a sweeping new study of highway charging requirements conducted by utility company National Grid. Researchers found that as more electric trucks hit the road, the projected power needs for a big truck stop by 2035 will equal that of a small town. Even the authors who planned the study were caught off guard by how quickly highway power demands will change. A connection to the grid that can handle more than five megawatts takes up to eight years to build and costs tens of millions of dollars. National Grid Vice President of Clean Energy, Bart Franey, says that if power upgrades don't start soon, the transition to electric vehicles will quickly be constrained by an unprepared grid. And we've now got some specs on that entry-level version of Lucid's Air Sedan. The Air Pure will come with 410 miles of range and a sticker that better competes with rival EVs from Tesla and Mercedes. It will feature two electric motors and all-wheel drive with 480 horsepower. Lucid said today that it can sprint from 0 to 60 in 3.8 seconds, 
The sedan can add 200 miles of range in 15 minutes when connected to a high-power EV charger. The dual-motor Air Pure will be joined next year by a single-motor rear-drive version. The single-motor Pure will start at $89,000 with shipping. Lucid did not provide the starting price for the dual-motor Pure that begins production next month. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, I'm interested in this Lucid Air Pure. Will Lucid be at the LA Auto Show? It looks like they will. Uh, they're not necessarily on the uh, show floor map, uh, but as you'll hear in the interview coming up, uh, it sounds like they're going to have some kind of presence there. You know, in the past, you know, the, the startup automakers don't always participate in auto shows quite in the same way as traditional brands, especially because they many of them don't have dealers. Uh, Tesla has had a big show stand in the past. It doesn't look like they will be this year, but but Lucid will represent. Gotcha. Uh, coming up, we're heading west for this week's LA Auto Show. We'll hear from the event's vice president of marketing, David Fortin, next on Daily Drive. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money Podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Some dealers say it's not worth taking a trade they won't retail. They say if it doesn't fit their brand, they'd rather pass. Cox Automotive says now you can easily see the profit in any trade and never risk losing that new customer. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the only way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Every vehicle you place in the Upside digital auction is backed by our guaranteed minimum price, so you never risk a loss. And when a vehicle sells for more than our guarantee, you keep the lion's share of the Upside. It's a one-of-a-kind auction that gives you an alternative to accepting wholesale losses, and it's built on the principles of the country's top-performing wholesale sellers, so your vehicles have the best possible chance to get bids and get bought. Dealers taking advantage of Upside's game-changing policies are already saying yes to more trades and making more money, all while never risking a loss. Sound too good to be true? Visit TakeTheUpside.com now to learn more. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. As auto shows return after pandemic-induced interruptions, we've been trying to figure out what the future looks like for these shows. In September, the Detroit Auto Show returned after a three-year hiatus, and it looked quite different than in years past. Organizers of that show indicated the role of the show has fundamentally changed, but that's not really the tone we're hearing from organizers of this week's L.A. Auto Show. I recently caught up with the show's vice president of marketing, David Fortin. Here's our conversation. David Fortin, welcome to Daily Drive. Thanks so much. Good to be here. Uh, glad to have you. Of course, it's a it's a big week for the auto industry, especially, you know, it feels like the first kind of legit auto show since COVID got started. Tell us what uh, what you have planned for L.A. and, and just sort of how the show has evolved over the years. Sure. Yeah, and we're super excited for this year. Last year coming out of the pandemic, it was a little bit about survival for everybody and putting on a show and actually proving to the industry, the community, the state, with all the guidelines and mandates and protocols that were in place last year. Um, we were really proud of what we put, pulled off last year. We were adamant we weren't going to do a hybrid event. We wanted people to be able to come out. It seemed like the timing was right. Uh, and we had a great show. Um, this year's building off of that and really setting a new foundation for the future. 
we've got more automakers back. We got more activations, more street drives, indoor rides than than really in the history of our show. And this year is going to really set the uh, precedent for for auto shows to come for us. You know, those kinds of activations have really taken hold at auto shows. I mean, honestly kind of making up for the lack of new vehicles on display in a lot of cases. Uh, but you actually have a, a decent number of uh, new models being revealed this week. We're expecting yeah. the, the new Prius to be on the stand. That's a pretty big seller and and some other interesting models. Yeah, we're excited about Press and Media Day, which is the day before the consumer show opens up for 10 days. Uh, we got a strong light up. Uh, Subaru's got a global reveal. So I know a lot of folks are excited about that. But then throughout the day, just one automaker after another with a really full day of whether it's a North American debut, an auto show debut, or just could even be just global news, um, not necessarily a reveal or a debut. Um, but the stage is going to be um, pretty filled throughout the day. And you know, as we think about what's coming and the move to electrification and some of the mandates in California with 2035 and even some milestones before that, we're really excited about the number of debuts that are just going to have to happen to meet those milestones along the way. And we think we've got a great platform for it. Well, you know, but it's interesting because, you know, since uh, of course, you know, everything shut down and all the all the big events, auto shows and other, you know, major you know business gatherings really shut down for a while. And a lot of automakers kind of really felt like doing uh, virtual reveals. Mm. They could keep their costs down and their distribution up. And it was sort of like, you know, the the end of the auto show or that mm. that auto shows would really only be about consumers getting to, you know, put their hands and their butts on vehicles and decide, you know, or be able to talk to somebody, how does this thing work for me? Um, but it, it is exciting to see, you know, important new models being revealed at or around a show again, and not just mm -hmm. in a, the controlled environment that a, an individual brand, you know, maintains. Yeah, I think, you know, every automaker is going to have their strategy. Um, and we've got a, a global platform that I think serves a lot of them really well and a lot of them take advantage of it. I think it's a combination of both. You have this great media and press day that creates all this excitement and content that gets the consumers excited, which gets more people to the show and allows them to leverage that content globally versus just in market. We talk to them all the time and we know a lot of them still see a whole lot of value in, in leveraging the built-in platform that is an auto show for those types of moments. You mentioned earlier the uh, safety protocols that were in place last year. I, you know, <laughs> last year I was out there and I, you know, went to the auto show. I went to a Lakers game. Everybody was masked up um, all the time. Then I went down to San Diego for the weekend and it was like they had never heard of COVID. <laughs> like I was uh, <laughs> looked at very strangely when I tried wearing a mask yeah. into a restaurant. Do you have any protocols this year? What's the what is the status of things in Los Angeles County? Yeah, the uh, good news is at the state, the county and the city level and at the show level, there are no mandates or protocols that are out of the norm versus, um, you know, previous years. If someone chooses to come on in with a mask, uh, you know, we're more than welcome to uh, have them in. So like you mentioned, uh, it's a pretty good lineup of uh, automaker press conferences and other companies having press conferences. There's also a lot of attention paid to the show floor. You know, some years uh, there are brands that will display that don't have a press conference. Will Tesla be on the show floor and, and Lucid, other um, EV startups? 
Yeah, I mean, every year we have um, what I call sort of the the satellite exhibits of some of the startups, like you mentioned, that are sort of moving their way towards maybe one day being in the main hall. We've got Indy EV out there this year. Charge Cars is out there this year. Inside the main halls, we have Hyperion, uh, another Los Angeles-based company. Um, Zinger's partnered up with us to help us showcase 115 years of automotive innovation. And we've got a 2023 21C Zinger right next to a 1915 Detroit Electric <laughs> to really show, you know, just just how far we've come. And, you know, again, it's up to the automakers and how they choose to, to leverage some some automakers uh, choose to do satellite events during what might be considered L.A. Auto Show week. And we're happy for that to happen in market and help, you know, L.A. to be the place to be during the Thanksgiving period for automakers in general. Of course, we'd love to have them all here, but uh, we're happy to share the love a little bit. I know, yeah, Lucid is, uh, I think, doing an event offsite uh, that's adding to the excitement. Do, will they have a stand as well? We're working on something a little special with them right now. I don't know okay. if it's officially for public consumption yet, but I'm 99.9% .9 positive. Lucid will have a display on site. So first to know here, guys. We'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. And then Tesla, I know that I don't think they've ever had a press conference per se, but they have had a pretty extensive stand, at least some years where they show, yeah. uh, you know, solar and all the concepts around uh, around the company. Yeah, it's been a few years with Tesla, you know, the certainly the, the big dog out there leading the way. A lot of the automakers are starting to to catch up in some of their segments, but <laughs> they're choosing to make news somewhere else. I think they got a partnership with Peterson uh, opening up this weekend, which is great. We love the Peterson. They're helping out. They brought over the 1915 Detroit Electric. So we're all friends here and, and, and hopefully people will check it out. Well, you mentioned, you know, the Peterson and it, uh, which is uh, for those not familiar, it's an automotive museum. Uh, they do have a new uh, a Tesla display opening up next week, I think technically on the weekend, but it definitely is part of that Los Angeles car culture. So tell me what makes your show, being in the community that it's in, kind of different from the other shows around the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. It's not a surprise why that exhibit's opening up this week. And California car culture is beyond really anything you're going to find anywhere else. And we embrace it wholeheartedly. We have an area underneath one of the main halls called the Garage Aftermarket. We've got 60 plus brands down there, good community partners. Uh, like there's a partner named Rock and Chicano who's bringing in like 60 plus lowriders representing all the different lowrider communities across Los Angeles. And we've got premier automotive like retail partners like Vintage Chariot and and on and on. SNS Motorsports, Yamaha, Genesis One. And you just go on and on. And it really brings what's happening out in the L.A. County region into the L.A. Convention Center for 10 days where we're sort of blessed to be able to celebrate it all. We don't have to be um, niche and, and sort of pick a favorite. We, we, we open our doors and say, let's create an automotive spectacular and pair it with all the new car models that are coming in. Uh, and it creates something bigger than the individual aspect of themselves. Well, I don't know if we're going to see any electric uh, lowriders in there, but uh, California has been such a leading market in the U.S. Uh, in particular on electrification. First, of course, the Prius hybrid was uh, hugely popular in California. Tesla 
whether they're based in California or now in Texas, uh, continues to do extremely well. And, and of course, you've got this um, you know, program toward 100% electric passenger vehicles by 2035. How important is electrification from hybrids through pure electrics and hydrogen? How important is that to uh, your show and, and how that fits with the, the culture? Sure. Uh, it's, it's hugely important in that we're all on this journey together. Uh, and I think, you know, the last transformative moment was really with the iPhone and the handheld device that really started to empower what we were able to do as we were moving around our own lives. And now with the connected car and the evolution that that is on and technology continues to get better, well, the automakers are going on that journey and the auto shows are going on that journey as well. So I think as time goes on more and more, you'll start to see that become a bigger part of the show. We've got charging partners this year. We've got a, a large partnership with Electrify America. They're helping the exclusive charging partner of the outdoor EV track. So it'll be all EVs on a track outside. Inside, you've got three major OEMs doing EV tracks as part of their exhibit booth. So to your point of how the auto show is changing, some automakers are embracing the idea of, you know, you've spoken with my brand ambassador, you're interested hey, walk 20 feet and get in one of my cars versus usually the model of the auto show might be, hey, go outside and do a street test drive or something like that. So you continue to see these things. We take on all challenges uh, put forth to us by automakers and what they're thinking to do to elevate their own individual experience. And then we think about our consumers and the show and the, the venue itself and how do we bring that all together. Um, so I think more and more, you know, of course, with the mandates, like you mentioned, and the debuts that are going to have to accompany those milestones. Um, it's going to be a fun next 10 years. Certainly the zero emission vehicles create some opportunities for, <laughs> for uh, demos from, the, from indoors that you wouldn't necessarily want with a, a gas burning or a diesel vehicle. Yeah. And, and then, you, know, you mentioned, it's funny, we were talking, you know, an electric lowrider, uh, which, you know, might be blasphemy in some circles, um, but the whole conversion and aftermarket culture is responding to this shift to EVs as well. And you're starting to see them tinker around with what's possible with some of these EVs, just like they used to with, with gas powered cars and how they might enhance them or change them. That is a whole new industry that's opening that uh, we're excited to see what they do. Car culture, like the car industry and the auto show business keeps evolving. Absolutely. David Fortin, Vice President of Marketing for the Los Angeles Auto Show. Thanks again for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Kellen and I will be at the LA Auto Show this week talking with industry insiders about what they're seeing at the event. You can find all of our coverage of the show at autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on the LA Auto Show, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.